This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, welcome into another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks. I know I say it every week, but wow, do I have a fantastic episode planned for you today? We have the tea, y'all. We have the tea on Lindsay and Danielle. We have the tea on Michael Leo and his split from Sierra on Bachelor in Paradise. And we have the tea on where Kyle Richards stands with her sister, Kathy, and Lisa Renna at this very moment. The DMs have been busy this week, and we are ready to get into it. Of course, BravoCon also this weekend. I'm super excited. I'm also very anxious. I can't sleep. Like, I feel like a kid on Christmas waking up every two hours. Well, I feel like a kid on Christmas, but then I feel like a zombie and hating my life the rest of the day because I am i haven't slept in four days because I'm just over the moon excited to be in New York City this weekend. And we have some special things planned for my MPT listeners. So stay tuned for that. Um, also, just be sure before we get into this weekend to be following along on my Instagram at Morgan. P talks. Yeah, that's it. I had to remember it for a second because I'll be doing the most at BravoCon and I will be um, glued to my phone. I want to bring you along the journey with me, but let's just go ahead and get into it. This week's pop three. These are the three biggest headlines in reality TV and pop culture. And I want to start with Lindsay and Danielle. While this is not a current headline that you see everywhere. I get this question as a deep dive submission every single week. What is going on between the besties from Summerhouse, Lindsay and Danielle? Now, this is a pop three and not a deep dive because when I started looking into this, I was like, okay, I don't have enough information for it to be a deep dive. That has since changed. So you're getting an extended version of the pop three (laughs) with this one. And I'll just be 100% honest with you. I can't say with 100% certainty of what did happen. But what I can tell you with certainty is that their relationship right now is not good. And quite frankly, I don't know if they will recover from it. I can also tell you that it was not one particular instance that kind of ended their friendship as we know it, um, but that some things started happening in September and so on and so forth over the past, you know, over a year, things have just gone downhill for them, which is really, really sad. Um, And like I said, I have some things I know and I have some things that I think I can put the pieces of the puzzle together for you. So here it is. The first major red flag that we all noticed and have been talking about for weeks is that Danielle didn't congratulate or really say anything publicly about Lindsay and Carl getting engaged, right? That's a huge red flag. Yes, she liked the picture of them on the beach, but you know, your best friend and somebody who's been the best, who's been good friends with both of them, you know, Danielle has been good friends with Lindsay and Carl did not say anything publicly, didn't write a congratulations, nothing. So people were like, that's strange. And now she's hanging out with all the people who, I don't want to say that they don't like Lindsay, but let's just say they've had 
a journey with Lindsay this week. Danielle and Robert were at the Pillows and Beer live show in NYC uh, with Craig and Austin. Now, I believe that Lindsay and Austin have made up and they're on good terms. But the last I heard, Lindsay was not great with Craig, um, obviously because of everything that happened last summer. Now, um, Lindsay and Carl could have gone to that pillows and beer show. I don't want to put anything out there that they're like in a feud with Austin. Cause that's not true. They just couldn't go. Um, but you know, the fact that Danielle is now there like supporting Craig, some people could take that the wrong way. I don't think that is the big issue here. Um, but also we saw a picture a couple weeks ago of Danielle with Sierra and Maya, them hanging out, having fun, whatever. Um, Danielle nor Lindsay have said anything publicly about what's been going on with the two of them lately, but there's at least two examples of Danielle hanging out with people that aren't exactly team Lindsay. And like I said, you really could chalk up the live show um, because I believe if Carl and Lindsay could have gone, they would have been there. Um, but just an example. Here is what I think is going on with Lindsay and Danielle. Carl and Lindsay got together and settled down pretty quickly, and that changed the relationship status between Danielle and Lindsay. You know, and in the beginning, you know, not for anything bad, but it's just what happens when you're an adult and you get into a serious relationship. You know, your first call is no longer going to be your BFF. It's going to be your boyfriend and or fiance and or now husband. And what I think might have caused some friction is that Danielle's relationship with Robert is much different than Lindsay's relationship with Carl, right? Robert works a lot in Aspen and Montauk. We've seen on the show that Danielle doesn't love how much Robert works. So maybe Lindsay wasn't as available as she once was to be there for Danielle as Danielle was used to in the past. You know, that's not to say that Lindsay abandoned her friend Danielle. It's just, it's a part of growing up and getting in these more serious relationships. Your priorities do change, you know, and, and when Lindsay and Carl do walk down the aisle, um, you know, when you're married, you can't choose your best friend over your husband. And like I said, this is all my opinion. This is all my speculation just from what I've been seeing and hearing whispers of. And I think Danielle not publicly supporting Carl and Lindsay's engagement says a lot, you know, without really saying anything at all. So moving on to headline number two, we're going to talk about The Bachelor in Paradise breakups and specifically Michael A's breakup with Sierra. So, of course, we had Genevieve and Justin, Michael and Sierra, and then Teddy and Andrew. When the first five minutes was going on BIP on Monday, didn't Zach's theory about why Teddy left made so much more sense? I mean, rewind the tapes. Go back and watch it again. You know, Zach told us last week that the producers really wanted Teddy to be with Andrew. And Teddy was interested in Rodney and they didn't necessarily like that. And Teddy left. So when you go back and you watch the first five minutes and everyone's like, where's Teddy? Why did she leave? What? This is so weird. It totally checks out, of course, all allegedly because lawyers. But I thought that was pretty interesting. And then we have Genevieve and Justin. And I honestly just don't think that they're compatible. You know, some people are saying online that Genevieve can be annoying. You know, she cries a lot. She's dramatic. And um, 
while I, I did have those reactions watching it back, because, you know, it is an edited show. So every time she cries, they're going to put it in a, in a video montage to make it seem worse than it probably really was. Um, I also understand where Genevieve is coming from because I'm really needy and we don't see, you know, 22 hours of what goes on there on the beach. We didn't really see how Genevieve and Justin interacted throughout the entire day, although he did make her a cake. And like the line about counting kisses made me laugh, but I just think it's for the best that they go their separate ways because I don't think that they were compatible. But I really want to talk about Michael and Sierra. Y'all know that we are Michael A. stands over here. And I don't want to say for the first time because he's gotten heat before, but I don't think that he's ever gotten this much heat on the Bachelor franchise in regards to his split from Sierra. So. A lot of people online are saying things like Michael doesn't need to be on Bachelor in Paradise. He needs to be in therapy or why is, um, you know, Michael clearly isn't ready for a relationship and why did he do this X, Y, Z? You've all seen the things. I think it's very unfair for people to judge how he approaches relationships because very few people have ever been in the circumstances that he is in. I think he's genuine in the fact that he wants to find love. He wants to be happy. And should he not try? You know, when he was sitting down with Sierra, he said, something is missing. Now, if we could, if we we're in a perfect world, I would go back and say, Michael, just end the sentence right there because something is missing is a valid enough reason for you to break up with somebody. Right. But I also think the circumstances that Michael has been through might cause him to have self doubt. Right. Like he's in this relationship with Sierra and he likes her. Um, but, you know, it comes a point where the feelings aren't growing. And so if you're Michael, and of course, like I said, I've never been through something like this before. A lot of people haven't. And if you have, I'm extremely sorry. I can't imagine what that's like. But if you're Michael and you're on Bachelor in Paradise and you find this great girl, Sierra, who's mature, beautiful, smart, funny, and you feel like you can't get past a certain point with her, maybe you start to doubt yourself and you think, okay, well, maybe I was ready. Maybe I thought I was ready, but maybe I'm Maybe I'm really not, and I don't know why I'm trying, and is this how it's always going to be? But I don't think we should knock him for at least trying. You know, the point of paradise is to explore connections, and it's okay if you have an initial connection and it doesn't work out. You know, I think it's not out of the realm of possibility for Michael to think to himself, you know, I do have feelings for her but I don't see a future with her. And his story is not over yet. Maybe he wants to keep his heart open for other people that he thinks, okay, well, I got to this point with Sierra and that gives me hope. I know that at the end of the day, she wasn't my soulmate, but maybe because I got this far with Sierra, somebody that I can, somebody else might come down that I can really see a future with and we can potentially go the distance. Like I said, he should have ended the sentence with something is missing and everything would be fine. But I also don't think you could invalidate his feelings on on him trying to navigate relationships again. So another point that I want to point out with Michael and Sierra is that she is 12 years younger than him. And I will say Sierra handled it with grace, 
with poise. And I 100% get why she left. Um, People were upset about the constellation thing. You know, Sierra gives Michael the constellation to represent him, his son, and his late wife, Laura. And then Michael says, well, something's missing. My question for you is, would you have rather him waited until after the rose ceremony? Because that's what the producers wanted him to do. And I've said too much. (laughs) (laughs) But let's just be honest. He could have easily used Sierra for her rose. And he didn't. I've seen a lot of people say online, Michael just wants to be on the beach and, you know, Michael just wants a vacation. If that were true, don't you think he would have secured a rose for himself through the next rose ceremony and then broke it off with Sierra like the producers wanted him to? No, he didn't. And we'll put a pin in it there. Moving on to our third and final headline in this week's pop three. Last week, we talked about Khloe Kardashian and what I said, we were talking about Khloe and Kanye. And I said, I want to know why she's been walking around with the bandaid on her face. Chloe must have been listening to MPT because not even a week later, Chloe revealed that she had a tumor removed from her face. Now I was shocked by this. And obviously when I made that statement last week, I was not expecting it to be as serious as a reason as it turned out to be. But I also said, you know, we, we try to keep up with the Kardashians, so I would really like to know what's going on. So in a series of messages she posted to her Instagram story, Chloe says, after noticing a small bump on my face and assuming it was something as minor as a zit, I decided to get it biopsied seven months after realizing it was not budging. Um, she then went on to she ended up getting a second biopsy because what her doctors were saying was incredibly rare for someone of her age. She's 38. And then she said a few days later, I was told I need to have an immediate operation to remove a tumor from my face. The good news is that she's in the healing process now. She said all the margins are clear and now we're on to the healing process. And then she just said, you know, please, you know, take extra precautions when it comes to this. She said at 19 years old, I had melanoma on my back and I had a surgery to remove that as well. So I am precomposed to melanomas. Uh, Even those who are not, we should be checking all the time. And then she concluded her post by thanking her doctors, adding that she's lucky they caught it early and that most people aren't as lucky as her and that she is forever thankful and grateful. So send healing vibes and prayers to Coco. And I'm A, glad that she listened to the episode and decided Morgan wanted to know. So I think I'll tell everybody now. And B, I'm glad that she is on a path to healing. Okay, time for this week's deep dive. Every single week on my Instagram at Morgan P Talks, I open up the floodgates to you, my lovely listeners. What do you want to know more about? And this week, our deep dive comes from Natalie. Hey, Morgan, it's Natalie from Clovis, California. Can we get a deep dive on the finale of Beverly Hills? Do you think there was a leak? And what do you know about Kathy and Kyle now? As always, thanks for keeping me updated on the pop culture. Love you like a sis. Natalie and her boyfriend, Jake, who I agree, Jake, she nailed it. Did you guys hear that at the end? He was like, nailed it. Marry that man, Natalie. I know it's your boyfriend, but he needs to be a husband. Jake proposed to her already. I'll officiate the wedding. I've got a great speaking voice. And we'll be on our merry way. Uh, Natalie told me that her and Jake listen every week on their hot girl walks. And I just want to say, 
Thank you. Y'all are the best. Okay. So the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, who is the leak? How are Kyle and Kathy? Let's get into it. I know we have one episode of the reunion under our belt, but we're just going to talk about the finale for now. So the episode really pops off when Garcelle and Kyle are sitting at the table together. Could be my second most favorite scene of the entire season. That conversation between Garcelle and Kyle was just honestly top tier housewives material. And Garcelle, I think, really hits the nail on the head. If Rena and Erica really care about Kyle, they would drop the situation about Kathy. And they didn't do that. So Garcelle's assumption, she says, you know, I think that they're running with this Kathy Hilton story because they want to distract from Erica. Then they all sit down and Garcelle literally says, if Kathy has apologized, we would let it go. And Rena's like, who's not letting it go? Uh, hello, Tweedledee and Tweedledum over here. Y'all aren't letting it go. Thelma and Louise, read the room. You know, Erica says, Kathy has to own her stuff too. And it's like, okay, well, Kathy apologized to Lisa Renna and to Kyle. So what other steps does she have to take to quote unquote own it? Does it have to be aired on Bravo? We know that's not going to happen. I think for me, the reason I I really just don't care as much about what went down with Kathy and Aspen as I do about the Erica stuff is a, it wasn't caught on camera. I, it's really hard for me to get emotionally invested in something that I didn't see. You know, you could have like a general curiosity about it, which I'm sure we all have, but like to die on the hill that I want to see what went down in the club, like, I don't know. It's just not for me. So that's A. B, we've been invested in Erica's story as a housewife for years. I mean, from the beginning, since the day she got on the show, it's been all about her two personalities, her expensive to be met a, 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 a lifestyle, Tom Girardi. And now we find out that the whole thing was pretty much a fraud. And of course, we all knew who Kathy Hilton was, but we didn't have any connection to her, you know, via TV like we do now. And Kyle says, you know, I don't want my family ruined. And you would think that Lisa Renna, of all people, would sympathize with that. You know why? Because we don't you ever talk about my husband. Oh, really? And don't even say to me, oh, well, Harry Hamlin, he's not on the show. He's not on a cast member. He was on the show enough when Garcelle didn't thank him for the sauce. Or they had his birthday party filmed at the beginning of the season. Give me a break. Give me a break. And if you don't know the rumors about Harry Hamlin, about why Lisa doesn't want to talk about the husband, Harry Hamlin, on Beverly Hills, Google it. All right? And then Erica even admitted that she wanted Kathy to be called out because Erica has been pummeled is the word that she used. And then the tables really turn and we get into this whole leaking information situation. Info leaks from Aspen. Info leaks from Erica's pretty mess hair party. Um, this was the best moment of the whole entire season. Seeing and I saw Kyle start to crack a while back and I saw I, I did a video on it. But I'm like, come on, Kyle, come to the light, like turn away from the dark side. I saw it. I saw it in her eyes. She wanted to. And now she's finally starting to do it. 
Kyle Richards. She turns the tides. And Erica's like, no, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to leak information to the press. I'm like, ma'am, please. You don't know how to make a phone call. Every single one of you know how to leak information to the press. If you're on the Rural Housewives of Beverly Hills, please. If you're best friends with Lisa Renna, ma'am, please. So then Kyle reveals that Kathy does an investigation and says it was Erica's publicist who was leaking the info. Now, here's what we found out on social media this week. There was other footage in like other countries. I, I think it might have been like the Canadian version and maybe I I don't know. I didn't know that there were different edits for different countries, but there was. And when Ke- when Kyle says, Erica, I was told it was your publicist, they do a flashback scene. It's in black and white and it's at Erica's Pretty Mess Hair Party. And you see Erica's publicist on his phone typing away fast fingers, fast thumbs, literally. I can't even like speak it. That's how fast it was of him like eavesdropping over conversations, just constantly on the phone. It was not in the American version. And then once everybody started talking about it online, it was then taken out of the other version. Is that because there's no way to prove that this guy was the one who was sending you know, the information, I don't know, but I thought that was very interesting. Also, Erica says, you know, my publicist represents Nikki Hilton, so I don't think that would be in his best interest. So who knows the deal behind Erica's publicist, but that's, he is piping hot. If you ever questioned whether or not Erica is delusional, replay the moment that she said she was more well-known than Kathy Hilton. Okay, so we're going to get the Kathy Lisa pay-per-view Wednesday night SmackDown WWE Raw here soon. But I think it'll probably be the last part of the reunion. But here is some of your additional tea. Where does Kyle stand with Kathy as of this moment right now? This one is confusing because our friend who also has a podcast here on Herd at Christian Grace Snow was responding to the trailer of the reunion on Instagram. And he said, I'm so worried about why Kyle is so upset. Kathy then responds in the comments and says, why is she upset and crying? I'm the one who's been bullied and persecuted for 10 months. Then Kyle responds and says, why? You know exactly why. I don't think you want to explain why. Okay. There there's T tier. Number one, T tier. Number two, Then a day later, so Kathy is videoed leaving this like ball or gala or something. Everybody's dressed up. And one of the paparazzi asks her if her and Kyle are okay. And Kathy says, yeah, that's my sister. I love her. Just like that. She's like, yeah, that's my sister. I love her. I'm like, okay. She seems to be in a good mood. So here's T tier number three. And this is a MP. PT exclusive. Are you ready for this? Is this thing on? I got my first ever direct message this week on Instagram from the one and only Kyle Richards. Kyle Richards was in Morgan's DMs responding to a video that I did about the finale. I say in the video that what I have already said in this podcast, that the best moment from this season has been Kathy and Garcelle at the dinner table and then Kyle calling him out. And I was like, I know that 
Kyle has gotten a, um, a lot of heat this season, but I do feel bad for her. You know, I, I feel like she cares for her family and I, I just do feel bad for her. Then I go on a little side tangent about Lisa Rinna and I say, if Lisa Rinna was Kyle's real friend, don't you think she would just let it go? Don't you think she would just let it go? And I said, no, Lisa Rinna doesn't let anything go ever. And then I said, but, but Kyle, I love you. Garcelle, I love you. And that's how I ended the video. Kyle responds to that video and says, I wanted to repost this video, but I don't want to piss off Rena. So while small, one sentence long, that tells me that Kyle is still concerned with how Rena feels about the situation. Despite Rena kind of leaving Kyle out to dry. Now, maybe in the past eight months or so, there's been a little bit of reconciliation, but I just found that very interesting that, and of course I'm like, oh man, that what a good get that would have been if Kyle Richards and her 4 million followers shared my stupid video of, of it looked like I had like a, a dog tail on the top of my head, my little nub bun, like literally looks like my dog's tail that, you know, got snipped when he was born. It's like, wouldn't that have been great to get Kyle Richards to share my video? But she was concerned about me saying, Rena doesn't let things go. Very interesting. Very interesting. I'm excited for the reunion. I know a lot of people didn't like the season of Be of Beverly Hills. I did. I liked it. And I'm ready to meet Kyle Richards this weekend at BravoCon. To wrap up this week's episode, we got to talk about the Real Housewives of Potomac because they are back. Do not sleep on Potomac, please. I know it's a newer city to the franchise. I think there's five seasons, six. I think we're on six right now. Don't sleep on it. It is one of the best. So what we're going to do is power rankings. We're going to talk about who contributed the most to the episode out of the cast, which is Giselle, Ashley, Karen, Robin, Candace, and Wendy. Okay. You should know about power rankings. It's not who we like the best. It's who contributed the most to the episode. So like sometimes Lisa Renna will be high up on the power ranking, not because we it's mean to say that we don't like her, but we don't. At least this season, we don't. Um, it's because they contribute. So in last place, we have Wendy. Wendy, she looks fantastic. I just want to say that. She did bring us Peter Thomas, was quite the curveball. But the first glimpse that we get of Wendy is her embarking on a new restaurant business, or trying to at least. I want to know about the one wick candles. Anya candles. What happened? And now we're on to a new business. If you've been a follower of MPT for a long time, though, you know that I don't mess with the one wick candles. I'm a three wick type of gal. So I would be buying Karen Huger's candles and not Wendy's. But it's like, does Wendy know what day it is? Or every day is she trying to go on a new business venture? That's what it seems like. Next, we have Candace. Candace is slowly but surely becoming more likable to me. I'll keep it 100% real with you. At times, she has been my least favorite housewife, like, of all time. Rena sometimes is, too, though. They go back and forth. But 
Last season, I liked her more. In this season, the first episode, I was like, okay, I think I'm coming around to Candace. But the only thing that we really get from her in episode one is a fight with her husband, Chris, in the car. Although it seems that Chris is going to be a major storyline this year. We see like Ashley talking about Chris sliding into his DMs. Giselle is eventually going to insert her opinion on the matter. So we will see. Next, we have Robin. We're still waiting on Robin and Juan to get married. She's in no rush, which is just bizarre to me. I used to not judge people for things like this. But now as an engaged person, I did it with like JoJo and Jordan. I did it with Wells and Sarah, Caitlin and Jason and Robin and Juan. It's like if you want to be married, plan a wedding and get married or go to the courthouse and be done with it. I don't get this whole dragging your feet thing. Unless there's some other things going on. Um, I know people, it's different when you live with them too, though. And it's probably different when you have kids with them. It's like, is it really necessary? Obviously, for me, it's very different because my fiance can't even live here unless we're married. So maybe that's maybe that's where my angst comes from. Okay. In fourth place, we have Karen Huger. Karen Huger is one of my favorite housewives of all time. I would definitely say top five. I want to say top three. I know it's, it's bold of me to say top three, but I feel strongly about it. Karen, I feel like is the bridge. You know, I'm glad to see that Giselle and Karen are somewhat getting along again. It was at Karen's party that we got the Mia versus Giselle face off. So she automatically gets like the middle of the pack because she was the bridge. To bring the drama together. In third place of our power ranking, we have Mia. Coming in hot with the controversy. Are we having another Brooks Ayers faux cancer scandal? I don't think that it's of the same level that Brooks. God, I hope not. Could you imagine if we had to deal with that again? But also, I'm really naive and I believe everything everybody says at like face value. So if you haven't noticed, I'm just a little bit of a naive person. But Mia brought the storylines, right? Like she's she's being very open about her health, her health journey, which leads us to number two, Giselle. Giselle then carried it home, which is why she's number two. Giselle just understands the assignment and love her or hate her. She delivers every time. They get to Karen's party and, and she's like, is this what is this what it looks like when you're sick? And Mia's like, what? And do I agree with Giselle's approach? No, I would never. I'm too scared. But Giselle, she ain't scared. Which leads us to our number one Real Housewives of Potomac power ranking the cast, Ashley freaking Darby. This whole season will be about Ashley Darby. Her faux divorce, her getting a house, her TikToks. She says that she and Michael Darby are getting a divorce because their wants and needs are changing. She's wanting to settle down. She has two kids. He's wanting to go to the club and party till 6 a.m. I don't normally like a housewife spinoff. I don't normally watch them, but I would love an Ashley Darby family spinoff. The way I love Uncle Lump, don't love the name. Like, let's just be honest, sounds weird coming out, but I love that man. I love Ashley Darby's mom, Sheila. I just 
Love them. I would watch that. I don't think that Ashley is getting a fake divorce from Michael. Um, I think Ashley doesn't have a clue about how this will shake out, which is why she needs a lawyer, which is what her uncle Lump told her. All right, you guys, lots to discuss this week, and there will be lots to discuss in the near future, of course, gearing up for BravoCon. We have Winter House coming very, very soon, so make sure you are subscribed to the pod. Make sure you give us a rating if you love it, of course, because the world needs more ratings. Follow along if you want to keep up with all things BravoCon this weekend at Morgan P. Talks on Instagram and just giving you a little heads up. Some exciting things are coming that will be announced very soon. So make sure that you are following along. If you're an avid MPT listener, you are going to love this announcement that is coming up. But I can't give too much away. It ruins the surprise. If you're going to BravoCon and you see me there, please say hello. Don't be scared. I'm just your normal gal, your Midwest gal from Ohio. Come up to me. Give me a hug. We will just be besties. And also because I'm going by myself and I don't want to be a loser walking around by myself. And I'll see you there. All right. If I won't see you there, I'll see you back here next week. Love you like a sis. Bye. Huda Media Production.